It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 16th day of March uh, 2017. We're here today with our co-host, Jay Batzer. And today we have Glenn Johnson as guest speaker. He's with Champ VA, and uh, he's going to enlighten us. So hopefully we have some good good news coming uh, from Champ VA. How are you doing today, Glenn? I'm doing great, Gerald, and uh, happy to be on your show again. And uh, um, we we got a few things to talk about, so uh, hopefully I won't be wasting anybody's time here. Well, you never waste anyone's time. I tell you, when you come on, you give us some good information. Oh, good. And uh, hopefully I'll do that again today. Well, let me give her a call-in number in case uh, we have someone there in the audience like call in. If you have a question or comment for uh, uh, Glenn Johnson uh, in reference to the Champ VA, uh, please call in. The number is 347-237-4819. The number, once again, is 347-237-4819. And then uh, when you get in there, just hit one, and that will put you in the queue with us. So... uh, um, Glenn, has anything new uh, uh, popped up since we had this new administration? Well, that's uh, interesting that you asked that. Um, huh. In terms of Champ VA, um, there's, really there's only one thing new, and it has nothing to do with the administration. Uh, earlier this year, we sent out a whole bunch of letters uh, they're what we call errata sheets, and they're corrections to the uh, handbook, and uh, or the guidebook, as we call it now. Um, and and the only real change right now is, you know, annotated in the uh, handbook uh, is some information that says a group called Magellan is the uh, mental health contractor, and what that means is. Up until recently, if you had uh, a, a mental health issue that you needed to have taken care of uh, through Champ VA, you would call Magellan and they would coordinate um, uh, both getting you the episode of care and helping uh, helping you file the claim, filing the claim on your behalf. And uh, what we found out that. Um, we actually had the capability and capacity to do that in-house on our own. So when Magellan's contract expired, uh, we took over that process ourselves. So um, all those uh, um, all those benefits associated with mental health treatment that were being managed by that contractor are, are now just managed by us. And so when you need to have um, a mental health uh, uh, evaluation or treatment of some sort, um, just go ahead and contact 
uh, our organization here, and we'll handle it, and we'll make the arrangements for you uh, internally rather than going to the contractor. So that's uh, um, really the only big Champ VA change that, that's going on uh, in the last year. Um, and none of the uh, um, uh, political uh, machinations this year due to the election uh, have any effect on um, Champ VA. We have gotten a number of calls um, because people are aware that um, the current administration um, is trying to um, do something with the Affordable Care Act, um, also called Obamacare. Um, and we've talked about how, in the past, uh, we've talked about how CHAMP VA and the uh, Affordable Care Act uh, sort of work. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of rhetoric in um, in the press, certainly. Uh, there's been a lot of rhetoric on different blogs and uh, public speakers talking out um, the important thing to realize with this um, is it doesn't really matter what happens with the Affordable Care Act um, in terms of CHAMP VA. CHAMP VA is a set of laws unto itself. Um, we are governed by uh, two specific public laws, and I will get you the numbers of those in about two seconds. Um We are not beholden to the Affordable Care Act. And, okay. Uh, we don't follow it. We don't have to. And I'm going to give you a little bit of this may be one of my more boring calls because it's going to involve a reasonable amount of history. Um, so uh, CHAMP VA, um, as, as you guys know, and, and your audience will soon know, uh, the original version of CHAMP VA was started in 1956. It was called the Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Uniformed Services. It was known by the acronym CHAMPUS. Um, that existed as CHAMPUS until 1973. In 1973, um, federal, or the Congress in particular, decided that uh, it wasn't being run overly well. Um, and so they, they decided to split it into two different programs, each with its own laws that govern the program. So what they split it into uh, were TRICARE and CHAMP VA. TRICARE, um, as you guys know, because I, I, a number of you guys I know are on it, um, is health care for active duty military and their dependents. And um, military retirees. Um, the other group was uh, Champ VA, and that's for uh, veterans who have been rated permanently and totally disabled. Well, veterans who have been rated permanently and totally disabled earn it for their dependents. It's a dependent program. So the dependents of the, of the veteran who have been rated permanently and totally disabled died of a service-connected disability 
died on active duty and are otherwise not entitled to TRICARE, or somebody who was rated P&T at time of death, regardless of what their uh, uh, disability was. That group became the Civilian Health and Medical Program of the Department of Veterans Affairs. The laws that established that program in 1973 uh, are Public Law 9382 and Public Law 10714. And that should be hyphenated. So it's 93 hyphen 82 and 107 14. Well, Glenn, I, I like this uh, deal here where you take out. You're taking on the uh, um, a, a lot of your mental issues. Yeah. Uh, does that include uh, PTSD or, or traumatic brain injury? Well, in, in Champ VA, that is for the dependents of, of veterans. So the veteran themselves would be uh, expected to go to a VA medical center or yeah. – in lieu of that, they would go and get treatment on the economy, either through the choice program or uh, non-VA care program. Um, so the veteran's always taken care of with that. In terms of, of uh, the dependent that may have PTSD due to any number of things, um, it could be um, an accident that they've suffered or some sort of traumatic episode, uh, domestic abuse, maybe, or a victim of a crime, or something like that, um, or if they f they hurt themselves and have traumatic brain injury. Yes, we we would manage the care for that through our office. And what we would do is we would find uh, in that person's area, uh, we would find them a mental health coordinator, or if it's like TBI, where it's not so much a mental health issue but a physiological issue that impairs their cognitive reasoning, um, we would find them help for that. And that's that's uh, uh, that, that's a good point you bring up. And although I think, Gerald, you might have been thinking about veterans, you know, a lot of people, um, uh -huh. they think about uh, what happens to a veteran during his or her career and all the, all the uh, terrible things that could happen to them uh, physically or mentally. Um, you know, people's... Uh, uh, people's families go through very similar things, just not for military service. And you know, we have a, a significant there's there's a significant amount of study being done um, and having been done associated with post traumatic stress disorder in the family members of a veteran who has PTSD or or other or other issues, uh, especially when they become quite incapacitated, either physically or mentally, you know, that, that leaves an impression on the family, too. Life is no longer normal for them. And That's so, true. yeah, uh, uh, veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder um, often have um, emotional issues that go along with that, um, anger issues, um, and, uh, you know, it's sometimes hard as a family member and loved one to deal with, with a veteran who is going through that. And so they start to incur symptoms themselves. And so uh, in, in my experience here with the CHAMP VA program, we do have a number 
uh, a goodly number of people who seek mental health care uh, specifically due to their association with the veteran. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'm not going to throw a name out there, uh, but I, I know of, of one woman. Her husband was a Korean War veteran. Uh, he has he had come home. Um, he has significant um, not only physical injuries but um, post-traumatic stress disorder issues. Um, he wasn't always a nice person. Um, and she, has, uh, as a CHAMP VA beneficiary, has come to us uh, on a number of occasions and uh, used CHAMP VA to get mental health uh, counseling and treatment um, simply to help her deal with um, being married to this man that she loves who came back changed from war and came back changed for the worst from war, did not come back a better person. Um, there are a lot of instances of that. Um, you have people that, okay, maybe the uh, the veteran came back and, and he's okay, but they've spent an inordinate amount of time away from each other while the veteran was uh, deployed, and, and that has caused issues, uh, uh, anxiety issues, or, or uh, issues with people's... Uh, um, uh, behavior and their relationship, and we get a lot of people asking for uh, mental health treatment associated with that. Um, mental health, uh, I, I got to say, I, I don't know anybody. They, they may not admit it. They may not uh, uh, like to admit it, but they will admit it. Um, everybody in their life goes through some mental stress sometimes. You know, I believe you're right, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and it doesn't uh, happen. Go ahead, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the severity of it could vary naturally. It depends on what the circumstances are. Yeah. But from time to time, uh, everyone has them, uh, you know, a bad go of luck or things just never seem to go right or whatever, you know. Yeah. Sure, you and get people who get, get depressed, right, yeah. about a, oh, yeah. a number of different things or maybe events in their life um, uh, overwhelm them. I can say with with all alacrity in 2008 when we had the economic crisis come around, we did see an uptick in the number of people seeking uh, mental health uh, uh, treatment. You know, that's a lot to handle. If you're losing your house, you lost your job, you don't have any money, you don't know where the next meal's coming from, you can't find a job, uh, your kids start to have issues, because uh, they understand the stress that goes along. And they may not know what's going on, but they know they know something is going on, and they see their yeah. parents argue or, or uh, uh, um, just not having a good go of it in their marriage. That can cause some some uh, serious issues with uh, uh, children and adolescents. Um, you know, there's a huge opioid addiction going on in this country. That can cause uh, uh, mental issues. There are any number of reasons why uh, people find themselves on the wrong side of mental health care, and um, we we recognize. We we have recognized over the years um, that the number of people that um, come forward with that uh, has increased. 
You know, it's not such a stigma anymore. People are talking about it, and not just amongst the veteran community, but in general, you know. Um, and it's it's not the horrible thing to be ashamed of or, you know, you whisper at it at a family reunion, whatever happened to Uncle Bob and that sort of stuff. That yeah. that kind of thing. That kind of thinking is really sort of uh, uh, on the way out. Uh, people understand that it's it's very important to have uh, good mental health care if you need it. It affects your life, your marriage, your, your children, your job, all sorts of things. And so uh, we've, we've really made, uh, at least with the CHAMP VA program, a lot of, of effort and strides in helping our CHAMP VA beneficiaries get the, the mental health care that they need and, and not to let them get stigmatized for it. You know, I mean, this, I, 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 I've been depressed at times, you know, um, I've had, wow, uh, issues where I've been, um, uh, just down or angry or, you know, I, I, I was in, uh, a veteran as well for was 11 years on active duty and, um, not to get too far into my experiences, but I was, uh, um, I spent some time during the war in, in Bosnia um, doing some things that I could probably have done without having to do. Uh, I can't say that I came back from that the same guy who went over there, and I can't imagine that anybody who goes over to Iraq or Afghanistan or uh, the Philippines, they, they have people deployed to. Not, I mean, there's just people deployed all over the world. Nobody who goes and has that experience or is part of that experience, even on the edge. Maybe they're not out fighting, but they're getting mortared every day or that sort of thing. You just don't come back normal from that. You just don't. And you're not going to be the same guy or gal. And, okay, so you come back, and the VA will, will, will help you out with that. But you've got your family to deal with, too. They're worried about you. They're anxious about you. They had to keep the fort down while you were gone and that may have caused issues. So it's, it's really a big issue and enough people have come out these days saying, you know, admitting that they've had their, their brushes with mental health issues that it's, it's not a stigmatizing thing anymore. And you, and you really need, if you're feeling like you have issues with that, take care of it, give us a call and let us manage that casework for you and get you the help that you need. Um, I think that's a wonderful program you got going there, Glenn. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I think so too. We've always been there's this facets to the Champion program that we've always been pretty happy about. Um, and and don't get me wrong, it wasn't like the contractor did anything wrong. They fulfilled their contract. They did a great job. Um, but we realized, you know what, this is something we can handle in house. This is something that we can take care of for our folks ourselves. Um, and, and actually make it a little bit faster because we're not going through that intermediary any longer. Yeah, right. You know, uh, Glenn, we have so many veterans, and I keep thinking uh, that could be dangerous. <laughs> but but anyway, whenever a veteran files a claim. Now, should he win that claim, uh, say he becomes awarded uh, uh, 100% total and permanent, yeah. and his family can come on to uh, be eligible for Champa, yeah. uh, 
But what what if when the veteran files the claim, because a lot of these veterans, when they file a claim, there's a majority of them that are already in, in, in really a bad way. Yeah, they're already in crisis, yeah. And yes, yes, they are. And yeah. uh, I know they don't have it, but I sure feel like they ought to have it, is that their families should be eligible for a program such as Champa VA until the claim is is uh, adjudicated. Right. Well, now, you know, no, uh, yeah. There, there may not. I know there's. You know, well, all there's not money for that, but but so many times we see families uh, in such a turmoil. And going through the claims process, uh, all too many times that family unit uh, becomes divided and and even worse, you know, uh, some serious things can take place. And it's, it's because, uh, first of all, someone gets sick, they can't go to the doctor. I mean... <laughs> uh, uh, there's there's a a lot of benefits that could could help the family unit while a veteran is going through the claims process. Now I don't know that that will ever come to pass, but I believe it it should be there for them. Well, uh, Gerald, most most VA medical centers now, um, if if you have veterans out there that feel that they could benefit from uh, having their spouse uh, get some counseling. Um, most VA medical centers now have some sort of group therapy for, for the spouses. Um, what they'll need to do, what, what your uh, um, uh, listeners will need to do is, is contact uh, either the nearest VA medical center or VA clinic uh, and find out if they're offering those and when they are. I know here in Denver, um, we've had those for quite a while, um, and they're even broken down into different uh, uh, age groups in that if you are a spouse of a Vietnam veteran who has been – sticking it out with their, their veteran all these years, but maybe having a, a hard time of it. Uh, right. when, they, when they have their, their group therapy, it's only with other spouses from the Vietnam era. Um, and uh, similar for the current conflicts, uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom, basically the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, they have their own group as well. And there's um, even groups that go back as far as Korea in World War II. Um, the ex- one of the things to note here is that spouses tend to have a shared experience with their veteran, meaning the veteran has, there's really only so many plays in that particular playbook, right? You are yeah. not taking care of your business, uh, you become abusive. 
you become a substance abuser, um, you are lost. You, and that's sort of an issue that you don't hear a lot about. But people come back, they get out of the service, they go, I don't want to go through that again. They get out of the service, and they just sort of languish. They're not sure what they want. All they want to know, all they, all they know is that I don't want to do that anymore. Don't ever, yeah. don't ever do that again. So, but they don't know what they're going to do. And so they get out and they become just another mouth to feed and kind of an angry mouth to feed sometimes maybe. And so you have all of those issues and, and, and it, that doesn't matter what the generation is, right? That happened in 1944 when people came home and that happened in 1950 when they came home or 52 when they came home and it happened in 1974 when they came home and it happened when they came home from the Gulf War and they have you know it's it's the playbook is the same the difference though is when you're going to have effective group therapy you need to have like-minded uh, or people familiar with the issues of the time if if my spouse uh, um, has an issue right now with with if I had some sort of uh, mental mental care issues and I, I wasn't being nice to her, she could probably talk to somebody much older, but the connection really isn't there. It is a shared experience, but the language is different, the attitudes are different, the social mores are different. And so what you really, ideally, if you're going to have effective uh, group therapy, you would have spouses from the same conflict, the same generation talking to each other um, this is and this is a really quick tangent, but this is one of the reasons that a lot of the veteran service organizations, classic ones, the Legion, uh, the American Legion, um, veterans of foreign wars, uh, those guys are having a hard time with membership. It's not that there aren't a pile of veterans out there, and it's not that there aren't a pile of veterans coming back from our current conflicts. The issue becomes if I'm 21 or 20, I've been wounded. I have some serious behavioral issues or I have some mental health issues, um, who am I going to commiserate with? If I talk to a World War II vet who fought on Guadalcanal or in the Battle of the Bulge or stormed the beach at Anzio, you have a shared um, experience of being in combat and having to do those horrible things. But it's not easy to talk to each other. It's not easy for a 20-year-old kid who may have seen combat, talk to somebody who's 85. Yeah, true. And so what what you have now is uh, these great veteran service organization whose membership is becoming very senior, and they're not getting the new, uh, the new recruits that they thought they would because as much as they respect each other or even – commiserate or understand the shared experience, they don't feel comfortable talking to each other about it. They want to talk to somebody they know is, quote, there. And by there, they mean they're there, their instance of war. And so you're, you're seeing the DAV pick up a lot of uh, uh, beneficiaries and some of the uh, certainly Iraq and Afghanistan veteran uh, service organizations are picking up a lot, and the other ones are, are declining. And well, it's the same thing with group therapy. And so um, uh, those things are available to family members. I would encourage anybody who would like to try that to call their local VA medical center. 
and see what sort of uh, uh, spouse group therapy they have. Um, the vast majority of them do. I know that. Um, I've sat in on a couple of them when I worked over at the hospital um, just to see what was going on. And uh, um, if 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 you're experiencing that, you're not quite on CHAMP VA yet, your husband has, or wife has put a claim in, but you think you need that support group and that support network from other spouses in the same boat, I would highly encourage you to call the VA hospital or clinic near you and find out what's available because there are things available. Uh, what about the children, though, Glenn? I mean, uh, they have recognize the need for a group for the spouses, Uh, but what about the children? There's needs there, uh, serious needs in many cases. I I agree. Uh, However, the VA has never been an organization. Well, if they got CHAMP VA, then they can certainly go get the treatment, call us up, we'll we'll do that. If, If they don't have it, um, I would, you know what, I would still call the medical center uh, because most of them don't offer any services for children. You know, one of the components for CHAMP VA is that if you have no other health insurance, there are many um, besides CHAMP VA. If all you have is CHAMP VA, m- the vast majority of VA medical centers, more than half, well more than half, um, will treat a CHAMP VA beneficiary for free under the city program. Um, here's the deal. Not so much children. The VA was not set up to treat children. And so they don't have pedi- pediatricians. They don't have doctors that are uh, specializing in pediatric issues, including psych- psychological issues. So you can always call them up and maybe somebody has set one up or they may, you know, th- a lot of the folks that attend certainly group therapy sessions, they have their own network of support, not just at the VA, but everywhere. Yes. And, and, and so, um, because, you know, if, if you're, if you have a great group therapy session, you have all the other spouses there, they're all Iraq or Afghani vets, they're all your age or they're all Korean era or Gulf War era or whatever the deal is. Um, well, I was uh, more or less referring to a program that would be pre-SHAMP uh, VA. Yeah, and, no, there isn't uh, such a Which they don't have, but I mean other than the uh, spouse uh, groups. Uh, but, uh, you know, maybe someday in the future it's something to Well, to it's not well. So since since we cracked that particular egg and we can't put it back in the shell, we let's talk about it a little bit. So you have uh, um, you have group therapy for the adults. Many of those adults uh, they don't rely on a you know once a week meeting to keep their mental health going. They need a support network that is there on a regular basis. If you have a child that needs that, what I would do was I would uh, go to one of the uh, 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 group therapy sessions for spouses at a VA medical center and start networking and ask, okay, I'm here and I enjoy your company and the insight and the camaraderie and the help that I'm getting through this. My children need this as well. 
does anybody else belong to a group that does that? Uh, does anybody else know of a group that has uh, uh, counseling for uh, children who are uh, whose whose parent is, is a veteran that has mental issues? That's a good place to start. The other place to start is you know if there's a military post someplace within a reasonable distance, I know that they have them. Department of Defense has those. They have them in their schools because. You know, they have a. They have their own school system, but the other thing is, you know, everybody is in the same boat. If you live on post, the vast majority of people have been deployed. They understand this. There's a lot of guys who come back. It's on their second or third or fourth or fifth deployment, you know, and the family knows what the deal is. And there are plenty of of um, uh, support networks there, and just because. Uh, your your veteran may not be on active duty anymore. Um, it doesn't mean you can't go on post and participate in those. The issues are the same. So you can always call, um, you could try a post hospital or clinic. Um, I would do that. <clears throat> um, I would call perhaps the public affairs office on the post and have them direct you to somebody that can help you get in contact or um, call the school. Right, Department of Defense, Dodd schools um, are, are very uh, comprehensive. They're very good schools, and they have a huge uh, mental health uh, apparatus there for their children, um, and, and not just for children of veterans who come back with, with issues, but children who might be at risk for substance abuse or who may have been um, perhaps uh, – for lack of a better term, molested uh, or um, treated wrongly by an adult. Um, they have lots of that there. I, um, I, I, I do agree with you, Gerald, that there needs to be some sort of bridge between one and the other. Um, and I know that's come up several times in my history with the VA. Um, but as of right now, that really doesn't exist. Um, you're going to have to make those bridges yourself. And so it's not that those things, those services aren't available out there. There's just not a sanctioned program that gives them to you. So you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to do some legwork yourself as a Champ VA beneficiary. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've been on your show a number of times, and I always say, you know, there is a reasonable amount of self-preservation involved with this 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 program. We are not going to do everything for you. And so you need to be resourceful. You need to be able to reach out to other veterans and other uh, VA entities and or Department of Defense and and create or uh, a situation where they can help you. Or you may just go, okay, look, there's nothing available for me. How about I start it myself? Or, okay, you don't have anything. Do you know of anybody who does and play detective for a while? Um, your health care, mental or otherwise, is, is really up to you. And um, there is an unfortunate perception um, that, that perhaps the government should be doing everything for you that you don't have to do anything and we're going to take care of everything. Well, anybody who's ever worked with the government, for the government, been part of the government, 
or on the wrong end of the government realizes that that's pretty wishful thinking. <laughs> you are going to have sure. you're going to have to take the you know yeah you're going to have to take the bull by the horns and more often than not and demand what's entitled to you or create it yourself or come up with an alternate solution alternate solution if there is nothing available for you and you're going to have to work on those things uh, yourself and and you know that can be hard that can be really arduous if you're already dealing with issues in your marriage and issues with your spouse and issues with your kids and things don't seem to get better taking on even more work to try to create a mechanism to help you may seem like a really daunting task and in some cases I'm sure it's a very daunting task but it, you have to rely more upon yourself um to navigate these systems and these programs than we are going to do for you. I'd say at best, um, at best, it's, it's a great collaboration and we meet halfway. We help you, you help us and you help each other. Um, that's about as good as it gets in any government program, not just VA programs. This is any, any program anywhere, HUD, Health and Human Services, Medicare, Medicaid, all that. All those operate under the same thing, under the same mindset of we have created this program for you, um, but we're not going to do everything for you. You're, you have a part to play in your own care. And so that's, that's really, um, at the end of the day, that's what it is. You, you're going to have to stand up. And, and demand what's yours and go through the paperwork drill and maybe even create some of these these uh, um, apparatus for yourself. Yeah, that'd be a lot of work uh, to put in a program such as that together unless you could get some Congress, uh, members of Congress or someone there to work with you. Um but I well, can certainly see the need uh, for it, uh, especially when a veteran's so sick and he's filed a claim, and and then here he's, you know, uh, chances are they've lost their job and they have no insurance. Uh, it would just be a gap, like a gap uh, between that point in time and and Champ VA. Uh, Supposedly, he he uh, or the veteran was successful in winning his claim, which then it would automatically his family's covered. But uh, so that might be a whole new book. <laughs> sounds like. Well, you know, there's there has been for quite a while, for a number of years now, uh, going back to the. Uh, George W. Bush administration, then President Obama, and now President Trump. Um, the VA and DOD have been making pretty good headway um, in terms of coming up with how to transition people from one healthcare network to the other, from one life, i.e., uh, you know, military life over to civilian life. Um, you may just right off the bat comes to mind, you know, when you when you get out of the service right now, you're entitled to five years of care at the VA, regardless of what your service-connected disabilities are, if, even if you have any. 
and VOD and VA are working with sharing uh, people's uh, um, well, uh, veterans and soldiers' healthcare records and and things like that. Those things are there, but we're talking about the two largest single offices in the federal government, the Department of Defense and the Department of Veterans Affairs. That involves hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. That involves billions and billions of dollars. In fact, I just saw a story, uh, wow, about an hour and a half ago on the proposed um, budget that's coming out from the new administration, and that has an increase to uh, VA spending, uh, to the, to our budget. So people recognize that um, there are some shortcomings there, and we're working through them. But you know what? The government works on its own time. And uh, for better or worse, as, as much headway as we make, we've still got some ways to go. And uh, uh, maybe someday there might be, a, uh, you know, you, you go from uh, Department of Defense, and before you get completely into any of the uh, – VA programs, you have an interim set of programs, and so you just sort of slide from one to the next until you become a full-time VA um, veteran or, or, or beneficiary dependent. Um, that would be nice if it works, uh, but we're not there yet. And that is something. If you want something like that, folks, guess what? Call Congress. One of the things that that I hear a lot of is people complain about the VA could do this or the VA could do that. Um, in reality, everything that the VA does is dictated by Congress. I'll give you an example. We're, we're going to circle back now, right? We were just talking about the Affordable Care Act and how it interacts yeah. with us, okay? Well, for uh, the Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010, um, and that extended uh, people's eligibility for uh, their dependence to be on their health insurance to the age of 26. Well, CHAMP VA is not a health insurance. It's a health benefit program. That's the way the law reads, and that law was written in 1973. So it predates any, certainly any um, uh, Affordable Care Act legislation. But they extended they, – we, we tried very hard to keep up with it. We want our people to, to get the same thing that people who have health insurance do. And so there have been no less than 12 proposed pieces of legislation sent to Congress to increase the CHAMP VA eligibility age to 26. And it has never even gotten out of committee. Some of them are dead on arrival, and some of them – a couple of them have been debated in the different committees, either the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee or the House Veterans Affairs Committee, but none have ever been even sent to the to the floor to be voted on. People call us up all the time. We have a call center upstairs with 150 people in it, and we get calls all the time. You have to do that, and the law says, well, guess what? The law doesn't say that. Our laws don't say that, and we are not part of we're not an insurance, and so we don't are not beholden to ACA. But what we tell them is, look, we have had people sponsor legislation to increase that to the age of 26, and Congress won't even debate it or vote on it. 
So you can yell at us all you want, but we're not the one holding up the boat here, you know. And the same thing with, with dental and vision. You know, we we have, wow, I came to the VA in 2001, and there have been no less than six pieces of legislation that uh, were intended to uh, let CHAMP VA beneficiaries have either uh, dental care or vision care. And it's been voted no every time in Congress. They can call us up and yell at us all they want, but we're not the ones that make those decisions. Because those because we're governed by those two laws, right? Right. We have to go through the entire legislative process. If we want to change public law 9382 or public law 10714, they're going to have to be repealed. They're going to have to be rewritten. They're going to have to be voted on again, and the president's going to have to sign them again. It's not just something that the VA can decide, well, we're going to do that tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. And so we, we get a, an enormous amount of bad press, uh, the VA does, uh, because we don't offer this program or we're not going to pay for that. or Everything is governed by a law here. For the big VA, it's Title 38 governs everything in the VA. The public laws that run CHAMP VA are subsections within Title 38. All those are machinations and processes that are done by Congress, not by the VA, you know. And so if if people want change to the VA, if people want uh, a program that would bridge DOD care and VA care, or they want special um, uh, mental health uh, treatments for spouses and, and children, then they need to call their senator and they need to call their congressman and demand it. You know, you can complain to us all you want, and we will be sympathetic, but we do not have the ability to make those changes unilaterally. It has to go through Congress. Well, we need a bunch of veterans running for Congress. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I, I've, uh, you know, I, even with all the, uh, uh, wow, you know, it's it's pretty contentious up there these days. Um, <laughs> but but you, uh, you you look at the number of people that are actually veterans in Congress. It's not even five percent. Yeah, right. You know, um, I. I I know uh, the the current um, presidency. He's he has really gone to the well quite a bit uh, for veterans and ex-military people. Um, I think in some cases that is the perfect thing to do, and in some cases maybe not. It's obvious he respects those people, and he and especially at the three and four star level, you've got to have a pretty big brain pan work in there to get that far. And so they they tend to be very intelligent people, very capable people. Um, so he has recognized that veterans play a really big part in governance. Um, but see, the thing is, <laughs> you know, the people who join veterans like you and I, we're a very slim minority of people within the greater population of the United States. And if you can't get veterans who want to run and make a change, you're not going to get veterans in Congress. And, uh, you know, it's it's up to the veteran to go, you know what, I think I can make a difference. I think I can help lead. I think I'd be a good uh, a good steward of the taxpayer's money. 
Um, I want to go do this. I, I, I will suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune to throw my hat in the ring and and give it a shot being an elected official. But you know what? Um, the president can appoint people, all the veterans he wants. If he wants veterans in the House or the Senate, they have to step up and they have to make the effort to do it. And until they do, until we get a significant population of veterans who are willing Wow, to go through that process and be under that scrutiny, uh, you're probably not going to see a lot in, in Congress. You know, people harken back all the time to, you know, well, right after World War II, you know, 60% of the people in Congress were veterans. Yeah, that's because the entire country was mobilized to go fight. Everybody was a veteran. It's not like that now. And so you're not going to get those numbers again. Um, we certainly could use more veterans i i believe this is glenn johnson's personal um uh, opinion not a not a, an official va one um but i think it, the country could only be well served by having more veterans in congress but the veterans got to stand up and do it that's that's all there is to it yeah you're right there glenn yeah, we gotta have them uh in a position that uh they can help legislate some of these needs of the the veterans of the country uh, because, yeah. like you say, there is not that high a percentage of uh, Congress uh, that are veterans, and it really shows up when legislation comes around uh, for veterans' issues. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Look, it's one thing to stand up and complain about something, and it's another thing to stand up and do something about about it, you know. And so we just need to have we have, we need to have these the some of our smart and capable and wonderful veterans stand up and go, you know what, this senator that's in there right now is not doing me any favors. I'm going to do it, and and act like they did in the military. Stand up, follow me. Let's let's make this happen. So you know, hopefully that that will change. Hey, hey Gerald. Yeah. We got we got we got ten minutes left. Can I shamelessly plug uh, another oh, VA yeah. program Go really right quick? Ahead. Go right okay. ahead. So, uh, all you folks out there, um, all you veterans, uh, last time I was on, I spoke about the retail immunization program, where you can go down to Walgreens, uh, take your Vic card, and get a free flu shot. Um, that ends for this season, uh, March thirty first. So you got basically uh, 16 days to go get your free flu shot. Now I, I've seen some uh, I, I've, I've seen some uh, message traffic um, and newspaper traffic. Uh, well, you know it's almost the end of the flu season. Uh, one of the things you haven't seen was, and it's 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 going on, is there has been a late season resurgence in the flu. Um, especially here in Colorado for some reason, but um, it's in other places as well. Um, so if you haven't got a flu shot, you know, just because we have the flu season, this program runs from August 15th to March 31st every year. And it allows, like I said, it allows any veteran to go down to a Walgreens, present his uh, uh, veteran identification card because they have to be enrolled in VA healthcare, um, show their VIC card, get themselves a free flu shot. Um, 
now is if you think it's too late because we're getting into the spring season and the flowers are coming out, you can get the flu any time of the year. It's always there. It just happens to be more prevalent during the fall and winter because um, uh, people tend to stay inside. They tend to stay closer together. They tend to pass it amongst themselves more. And so it's making a late season resurgence around the country. The flu uh, is. And so if you haven't gotten, if you're a veteran and you haven't gotten a free flu shot, um, now's the time to do it because the program ends for this season, this uh, March 31st. We'll pick it back up again um, in August. And by the way, it's looking in August, we're going to have even more retail places to do it, not just Walgreens, but some other um, uh, retail outlets have become um, interested in participating. So there's probably, you know, this, this coming this coming season for 2017, 2018, now we're going to have many more choices. But there's still one great choice out there right now. Go down and get your flu shot at the Walgreens for no money. Or go down to a VA clinic or hospital. They're still giving out flu shots as well. And... Um, it's 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 a great benefit. It's going to protect you. It'll keep you from getting the flu and passing it on to your families, loved ones. Uh, I highly recommend it, and we've only got two weeks left. Uh, uh, so please make sure that you uh, uh, go out and do that. Um, in let me give you the number really quick. If you're wondering where the nearest one is, I'm going to really quickly, as I look through my files here, I am going to, uh, um, wow, maybe I'm not. That seems to be all gone. Okay. Um, hold on just one second. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll, I'll find the number and I'll, I'll give it to you in a second. And they can call up, and uh, uh, it, it really is a great benefit. It takes next to no time to do it. It's, it's not an active virus, right? So people who go, well, oh, flu shots always make me sick. Well, they shouldn't. Uh, they haven't had a, a live virus flu shot in many years. So most of the people who think that are really just sort of talking themselves into being sick is what's going on there. Uh but anyways, I, I just wanted to shamelessly plug that while I still had uh, <clears throat> a few days left to get somebody down there to get a flu shot. I would also say, just just on a, a quick report on that, you know, last year we delivered about 64,000 free flu vaccines. Um, this year we're, we're well over 80,000. So the oh, word is getting good. out there. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're hoping that if we can add some of these other retailers when the contract comes out for bid um, uh, this summer, uh, we're, we're hoping we can get way up there, a, a, you know, the half a million mark or something. That would be great. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, sure would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did, did Has anybody got any questions about anything? I know I kind of rambled and uh, got off. Topic a well, little bit. I didn't but, mean uh, to get you off topic there. Uh, well, you riled me up, Gerald. Gerald, you got <laughs> me all riled up about it, and so off, <laughs> off my mouth went. You know, my I have a wonderful dog named Dillinger, 
and he's a great dog on leash, man. But you let him off the leash. I hope you got an hour to go looking for him. And so that's that's sort of the way my that's sort of the way my mouth works. You let my mouth off the leash, and you know your hour's gone, and I have it. I've I've said next to nothing. So I needed to get that flu shot plug in there. If anybody has any questions, I'll be certainly happy to answer those. I guess you can get more than one flu shot in a year, can't you? Um, well, from us, uh, n- no. Because what happens is when you go to the uh, retail, when you go, in this case it's Walgreens, if you yeah. go to Walgreens and get a free flu shot, they, we have a mechanism now that that record goes into your medical record with the VA. We let them feed oh. that information, so we know if you got a flu shot or not. You you don't really need more than one. One one uh, one dab will do you. For any of those guys out there that remember Brill Cream. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had hair for Brill Cream in twenty years, but that's okay. Trade my Brill Cream for a buffer pad. <laughs> yeah, one dab will do you. That's right, little dab will do you. <laughs> Well, I, you know, my father and, and, and my uncle, God rest them both, um, had Im- immense heads of hair, just the most thick, black, luxurious hair you've ever seen. And my dad had the big DA when he was a kid, you know, and, and, and all of that. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I ended up completely bald, but, you know. <laughs> Because luck works that way. But uh, I remember my dad and my Uncle Paul used to argue whether you put it on your hand and ran your fingers through your hair or you put it on the comb and then combed it through your hair. And they would have these whole arguments about Brill Cream application, which I always found just just silly, but entertaining <laughs> nonetheless. That would be silly. Uh, kind of comical. You be that George Clooney. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got a great head of hair. I don't. No, and what's that old brother wore up there? Had all that hair cream, that hair gel, dapper. Oh yeah, Fop <laughs> and Dapper Dan. Dapper yeah. Dapper Dan. Dan uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quick question, Gwen. Yeah. Uh, sure. From the audience, person. Becomes 100% permanent total, and he's over champ VA. Yes. And he's been fighting his claims. Effectively, it goes back three or four. Uh, how much time does the beneficiary have to file uh, claims for their copay and stuff that was paid during that uh, waiting period until so they got their 100%, but the effective date covered, you know, when they picked it up? Yeah. What's Excellent the regulation question. on that? What's, what's... Excellent question. When the champion beneficiary receives their card in the mail, in the lower left-hand box on that card, it says effective date. You have 180 days from the day you receive that in the mail to file every medical claim you you can get your hand on and or receipt for uh, prescriptions or what, what have you. You have 180 days to round all those up and send those to us, and we will reimburse Going back to that effective date. Okay. I've been explained before that it sometimes it needs oh, to no, be again. We get a lot of new members. 
Yeah, I, I I don't mind saying I'll say it over and over and over and over again. And uh, they got 180 <laughs> okay. days. They got 180 days. Now we're not going to pay for anything different than we would pay for right now, but we yeah. will honor all those claims. We've had I've seen a couple of instances. Wow, we had one lady. Um, she came in and she filed, and her effective date for her husband getting P and T went back to 1958. We paid them. Oh yeah, we paid them over a quarter million dollars. I think I know oh, all the things that. Oh yeah, just big lump sum, and uh, <laughs> we call what we call those are shoebox claims. And the reason we call them shoebox claims is because people have so many claims going back sometimes for so long. You know, you got guys that were given P and T back during the Vietnam conflict or earlier. That's that's forty years ago. Think of all the times in the last yeah. 40 years you've gotten a prescription or gone to the doctor. So um, we we get these big giant boxes full of all sorts of all sorts of uh, receipts and and uh, claim documentation and uh, oh yeah we paid out some huge chunks of money and especially you know if you have something that's really wrong with you medically something especially something long term cancer multiple sclerosis. Parkinson's disease, or you know, you just have some congenital birth issue that that has lingered all these years. You you may be entitled to a huge chunk of money. Yeah. Well, Gerald, we're out of time, buddy. The recording just yes, stopped. we oh. are. <laughs> Glenn, we really appreciate you coming on. Don, ah, Don, no we're going to get you on more often here. Okay. Uh, I'll try not to wander off the path next time. I does. Uh, you stayed on the path. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Keep that chain short. Uh, okay. <laughs> and stop by you tube of brill cream. I don't know if they still sell it, Gerald. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to use. Well, I I'd, have to use uh, I'd have to use it on my chest here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got nothing. I got nothing else going on. Eyebrows, maybe. <laughs> well, that's, uh, uh, anyway, well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you tuning in, and hopefully you learned something. And uh, we're awful proud to have Glenn Johnson on. And by golly, we'll have him back on here, and it won't be so far in the future. And John, I appreciate you being here. Uh, uh, by gosh, uh, it takes a crew to make a show, and I think we made a show. And thanks for that good information, Glenn. You're welcome. Anytime, guys. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. This will be Gerald Cook with Jay Basser. We're signing off for now. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. You've been listening to the Hadit.com blog talk radio show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or blog talk radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com blog talk radio and the Ask Bachelor Show.